My son, he just wants to go to the kids club. He wants to play goofy golf. He wants to go to the pool and he wants to go to Castaway. I know what he wants to do. He, he's been privileged and spoiled enough to already sort of have a routine. Like he gets it. But should we all, we should all be so spoiled as to have a routine aboard Disney Cruise Line. Right? Hey, GCL Duo fans, before we get into tonight's episode, just two quick announcements. The first is that we're sorry we're late. We're behind on episodes this week. Work has been pretty crushing for me. And so since I'm the one who has to edit the episodes, I just I did not have the time this week to get to them earlier. So our bonus episode is delayed, which means our main episode is delayed. But we will have a main episode for you this week, probably coming out Friday or Saturday at the latest. And then just one more announcement before we get into tonight's show, which is the winner of our giveaway. We announced that we were doing a giveaway of a replica Castaway key sign. As a reminder, folks entered by either leaving us a new five-star review over at Apple Podcasts, by subscribing to our YouTube channel, or by becoming a Patreon. And our Patreons got multiple entries depending on which tier of Patreon support they provided. While I throw all the names in a hat, Patreons got some extra chances to win because they are supporting the show monthly, and one of our Patreons did win. In fact, our winner is Jeffrey Federson. He had six entries to win, so it was hard to be beat. He is our top-level Patreon, or a top-level Patreon of ours, and so really appreciate him supporting the show month to month. Jeffrey, if you could reach out to me at dclduo at gmail.com, we will get this sign off to you so you can have it grace your home. And with that, on to our episode. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And I am excited to actually be talking live and in person and off text messaging with a friend of mine from Tampa, Steve. Great to see you again, Steve. I'm looking forward to cutting up with you today. Absolutely. So good to talk with you again. It feels like it's been a while. Well, I'm, what I'm excited to talk to Steve about is that we've been texting back and forth with uh, another friend of ours, Steve Creasy, over at the DCL podcast. And Steve Creasy and I have been trying to convince Steve to go on a cruise right now. And uh, <laughs> we would say Steve has been a little bit of, a, of an understandably reluctant cruiser, but he recently reached out and said that he had booked a cruise this month, October. October 22nd, I think you said, Steve? October 22nd, yes. Three nights. A little three night on the dream. And as a bonus, he's taken some first time DCL cruisers with him. And so, Steve, I want to rewind for a second because I, th- I called you the reluctant cruiser. What was it like making this decision to get back on board right now? What was going through your mind? What were you weighing? Yeah. Well, I'll be, you know, I'll be transparent. I think, honestly, you and you've been, what, twice now, right? Yep. Yep. I- I take my, uh, we, we did this, like we, we did the parks. We kind of stood back a little bit and watched some folks, what their experience was like. We're very much the crew that consumes podcasts, uh, YouTube, we research, we plan, you know? So once I started understanding that the protocols were there, the safety was there, you weren't, you know, getting the stories that were like, oh, there's an outbreak, et cetera, et cetera it started to make me feel a little bit more comfortable, you know? And then when you had said very, very honestly, like you've been very transparent about your experience and how much you enjoyed that experience, but are also holding the understanding of folks that are not ready, willing, and able to do it. Then I started to feel comfortable, especially when the shift went from, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to be tested to, if you're vaccinated, we're just going to test everybody. And that felt like a much bigger bubble of, of, okay, my whole hesitation has been my children, not necessarily me, my children, you know, and I really want to bring them back on. And I think very soon here, we're going to have five to 11 that might be eligible to, you know, have a little extra protection in their life, you know, uh, very soon. So 
that all factored in. So both listening and understanding folks that have gone, seeing the protocols that are in place and understanding that there hasn't been, you know, this great big giant outbreak that I perhaps, you know, gloom and doom could have been part of that. So all it seems like it's all all pretty good right now. Yeah, not knock on wood, nothing major. I too am excited by the prospect of being able to get my son vaccinated, although I'm just hoping and praying it doesn't like the timing works out because we've got a November cruise for Thanksgiving, double dip, very merry time. Lots of great experiences there. I am a little nervous that it's all going to come together in a way that uh, we end up having to cancel that cruise so that it can get his full vaccination round done. But going to keep positive for the time being. I'm curious, your wife, Steve, is a public school teacher. And so she's been experiencing, you know, what life is like for a public school teacher in Florida right now with vaccination. What was it like talking to her, convincing her to go on this cruise? So at the time in which stuff was starting to come back, you know, again, in in complete transparency, my son, the second week of school had to be home. Unfortunately, his teacher tested positive for COVID. So we had a a week of quarantine here. We were getting regular communication from both my son's schools and where my wife works that there were cases, 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 cases. And I, I, you know, if you even mildly read the news, you know, that we had a a pretty bad uh, outbreak here. So I certainly thought, let's just get through this and see what this is like. And that was a pretty harrowing experience. And luckily, everybody's been okay. But it it was rough. You know, it it was definitely hard because of what she was experiencing on a daily basis at work. And it felt like, boy, hey, you want to come home and plan a cruise after you just went through what you went through every day? You know, just, just just logistically trying to cover for teachers that were out and so on and so forth. So Without getting into detail on that, I just think it was very difficult to sort of have her shift to let's talk about perhaps having some fun with, you know, and getting away for a little bit. So that was difficult. Now, of course, as this has shown, we are in more of like these kind of sprints and not a marathon with this stuff. So we see like a huge outbreak comes back. We've been getting in a better place here. And I felt like, okay, we have a little window period where. You're going to have low capacity on a ship for only so long. And my theory behind this is I think the holidays will change that. I definitely think, you know, your holiday cruises are going to see, you know, a little higher uh, uh, capacities, uh, not full capacity, but definitely a little bit higher. And as numbers trend down, specifically here, we will probably see more people come. So I was trying to find that sweet spot. And then, you know, Neighbors of ours who we, we, we love and we've been like trying to convince to, you got to take your kids on a, on a Disney cruise, you know, decided that it was the right time for them. And that's like started to get my wife's gears turning. So we came home uh, from, we did the Ratatouille ride uh, on a pass holder preview over Labor Day weekend. I want to say, I don't know exactly what episode that we listened to. We were listening to podcasts and that was my passive aggressive way of being like, see, honey. <laughs> you know, and I think, and that's that's like kind of the way my like also just my wife's decision making process when it comes to most anything. It just takes a little bit more time. I'm I'm much more impulsive when it comes to this stuff. So I think a, a combination of getting information, knowing people in our lives that have gone, like yourself, that are also you know taking similar precautions that we have taken throughout this whole entire thing, that have gone and felt very comfortable and given it your stamp of approval. That's really played like a very vital role in this process. Yeah. I mean, I was nervous for the dream cruise because I knew not everyone on board had been vaccinated. Everyone was getting tested who was unvaccinated, but not everyone was vaccinated. The fantasy cruise, when I got on board, I was like, everyone here has been jabbed. Everyone here has been tested. Like, this is 
as safe as it can get in this world right now, I feel like. And so that that really, I, I do think those protocols have made a huge difference. I agree with you. So Disney's supposed to return to longer sailings on the fantasy, I think starting later this month or next month. I suspect there's lots of people holding out to sail to get on some of those longer, like they want to be on board for longer than three or four nights. And so it will be interesting to see how Disney starts to balance that out because like the very maritime cruise I'm supposed to do in November is a packed, that thing's been sold out for a long time. And so if they're going to try to reduce capacity, I don't know if they're relying on people canceling, if they've gotten below a threshold with that, and they're just keeping it locked down, or are they going to like cancel it and make you rebook? Like It's going to be interesting to me at the holiday period, to your point, how do they get to reduce capacity if these things have been sold out for a yeah. while? So. Yeah. The, the way the theme parks you know, opened up, I think and the cruises are completely different to me. I think they will be continuing to be more restrictive and keep their protocols as is for a longer period of time on cruises, where I feel the theme park stuff sort of dissipated, not necessarily rapidly, and I'm not judging what they did. I'm not putting any anecdote or anything on what the process was, but we spent like a weekend, like a month after Disney World opened over at the Polynesian, you know? And uh, there was like nobody in the parks. And I feel like pretty quickly after that, you were getting in those moments prior to the vaccination where you're like, wow, it is pretty crowded there. So it, it changed there pretty rapidly where I think cruises will keep their protocols. You know, I was actually thinking about this the other day. We, we have a, a Disney Wish booked in July. And I thought there's probably going to be some protocols into a sort of a forever sort of way. You know, do I think it's going to be like this? We can speculate. I have no idea. But we're just going to have to figure out how to live with this for a while, right? So, um, yeah. I could see testing being a reality for even through the next year. I could see that being like maybe vaccination a reality through at least the middle part of next year. I, I don't know. But I, yeah, I could see some of these protocols and safety protocols sticking with us. A lot of it, too, I think will continue to be dictated by the port stops, the countries outside the United States. And exactly. And expect. And so actually leads me to a question. Your cruise, I was just looking at your itinerary for the cruise you're taking. One of the safety, I'll call it protocols that I loved on the fantasy and the dream that we're going to miss when we go on the wonder next month and that you're not going to have on the cruise you're on is double stop at Castaway Key. I mean, that is as controlled of an environment as you can get. I mean, I think they bring over maybe a dozen Bahamians a day to help staff the island. And so you're going to stop in Nassau. Some people are going to get off. I, I assume, by the way, Disney's Nassau stop is probably limited to you have to get off on an official cruise tour right now. You're not going to be able to get off and just wander around the port. I think I heard that. But how does that make you feel stopping in a place like Nassau as opposed to maybe stopping at Castaway Key? You know, I, I didn't really give it much of a, a thought beyond they're going to keep those same folks in somewhat of a bubble and do their best to ensure. Now, they're, you know, they're not saying that if you get off the ship, you need to be tested upon coming back on. I, I, I do think these shorter cruises are a little safer right now. Your risk of exposure is a little less. The amount of time that it could take if you do become sick to develop on board, there's less risk just interrupting your cruise if that's perhaps something that could happen. So I, I'm okay with it. We have no excursions booked for Nassau. We're, you know, our friends. As, that are, as you shouldn't, Nassau's a sea day. For anyone yeah, out there listening, Nassau's a sea day. It's a sea day. <laughs> yeah. And I had nothing against the country, uh, uh, you know, the, the folks of Nassau, the good folks of Nassau, the people working out there trying to make money. Absolutely. Like we've, we, we've gotten off and I would love to, to give those folks, but nothing against that. But our folks that have never been on the ship, like, I was like, no, you need to just stay on and just explore. Yeah. Especially you've got, you've got Nassau, then Castaway Key, then back. Like Castaway Key, you don't want to be on the ship. Nassau's your day to experience. 
the aqueduct and the activities and, and all of that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Especially with the reduced capacity. And even if you have 10% of the folks get off the boat, which I imagine maybe even be a, an overestimation, you know, at this point, you know, I, I, I think it'll be fine. I mean, it's 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 hard. It's hard. My kid, my kids go. Our kids are going into a school every day. That's a huge risk environment. You know, like I I don't I don't know anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, I I've always had this frame. I know we've talked about this before. I've always had this frame of mind. Like you kind of you kind of have to one. You have to do you right now. Like you have to do what makes you comfortable. But at some point, we're also not meant to just sit around at home every day, all day. And so Sam and I are very much balancing the risk reward right now with travel to say like my mental health is suffering if I can't get out and experience the world a little bit. So I, you know, I, I think this calculus is different for everyone. Do you think you'll have an adjustment back? So I experienced this when I went to, when I traveled for the first time, I was freaked out to be in the airport. I was even more freaked out when I got to Disney World a little bit. And I was like, people are wandering around and they're not wearing masks. Like, how, how do you, do you, have you had that adjustment already a little bit? Or do you, do you think you'll have that adjustment? Here's what I think is going to be an adjustment. We're boarding group five. We're there at 1115. We'll be on at 1230. I'm running to the aqueduct and there's not going to be chaos at Cabanas. You know what I mean? Like that is going to be like, the adjustment's going to be, oh, this is a totally different experience. Oh, I don't have to go to a muster drill and melt on deck four. I mean, and and I'll, I'll take you to a more personal level of how this evolves. We haven't been on in almost two years. The last time we were on, my son wasn't even three, my youngest. He wasn't even allowed to be dropped off at the kids club at that point, right? This is now a four and a six-year-old that we're able to drop off at a kids club. These are kids now that are tall enough to ride the aqueduct and how and having less people on board. So as someone who's been to Disney World now several times, who who I took my kids to the back of Main Street on July 4th to watch Happily Ever After for the first time ever for them upfront and personal. They watched it from the resorts before. It, you know, here's where the mental gymnastic come, come in. If anybody's been watched yesterday, what Magic Kingdom looked like. <laughs> awesome for those people. I'm super happy. Again, zero judgment for the folks. I wish I was there too. But you're taking the same company that's just piling people in for the 50th anniversary and now putting like one third of the folks that could be on a capacity in the same area of their ships with a completely different protocol of safety. It is night and day as far as that risk is concerned, you know? So yeah, I think my adjustments already been there as far as crowds are concerned. And I do feel very comfortable outside. I feel perfectly fine outside as I think we all should. And you can, we're planning on spending a lot of time on deck 11 and so on. So like, I think the adjustment will be where is everyone? <laughs> well, we need to take a quick break in the conversation here to thank our fabulous show sponsor, Touring Plans Travel. We've said it before. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own family vacations and our own Disney Cruise Line vacations and our own vacations on other cruise lines, quite frankly, and absolutely love the service and experience that we get from our travel specialist over there. In fact, she helped us book our upcoming cruise on The Wonder later this month. And so we love our Touring Plans Travel Specialist and know that you will get the same level of service and expertise from any of the travel specialists over at Touring Plans. So head over there and check them out. They don't charge you extra. They have access to exactly the same rates you 
you do, but what you benefit from and having them help you is their time, their experience, and their expertise. If you don't want to sit on hold for hours on end with Disney, they'll do it for you. Our travel specialist sent me an email the other day to let me know she had rebooked a Royal Caribbean cruise that we had booked through her at a lower rate because she was monitoring the rates for us and saved us money. So I don't even have to pay attention to that stuff. She's doing it for me. So they are fantastic. If you're at all interested in using Touring Plans Travel, head over to touringplans.com slash travel. You get a free quote for your vacation. Let them know the DCL Duo sent you to help support the show. And thanks Touring Plans Travel for your continued sponsorship. Now back to our episode. That was, you know, and that's something I mentioned about the parks too in the beginning is, and I think about the cruise line is like no one out there should take this as a criticism. I think it is an amazing opportunity to be on board these ships at low capacity. But to your point, Steve, totally different experience, different atmosphere. There's a kinetic energy that happens at a theme park or even on a cruise ship from all the people in the hallways, from the interactions you get, from the crew, all of this stuff that with a reduced capacity, you're making fewer friends in the hallways, less chatter in the elevators, you know, all that sort of stuff. So the kinetic energy just, even on the pool deck, kinetic energy just dialed way back. So it's still fun, but different. Yeah, it's good and bad. And I'm glad we have buddies that are coming with us and that will help. And my kids will have friends that are literally, I mean, these kids are in the same classroom every day. This is not a new pool of people that they're around, right? So, and I will say this, another caveat to this, we live here. We don't have to fly. We don't have to come from afar. There aren't other calculated risks along the way. We get in a car, we drive an hour and a half, Port Canaveral, two hours, excuse me, and that's it. So that's a little different than a lot of folks that are coming from a distance, which is another you know, calculated risk, which even from the perspective of, oh, we just traveled through this, I've got to get tested at the port. You know, What if we came into contact when we're traveling? We don't have to go through that anxiety. We could literally just say to ourselves, well, we're going to go about our life and just kind of limit our exposure as much as possible for the week leading up to this and then just drive for two and a half hours. We don't have to worry about transportation. We don't have to get into transportation with anybody else. So that, that is another major factor. Now, if I was traveling from afar, it would definitely change, especially for three nights, you know, a three night cruise, it would, it would certainly change our thinking of how we'd, we would approach this. Not to say that we wouldn't do it, but it, w- it, w- it would change our approach. So yeah, it's a different calculus. Totally different. And, you know, that that always plays a factor for us, the convenience of coming, you know, uh, of, of being here and, and going to Port Canaveral in Miami is unparalleled. It's the reason why this will be my ninth cruise. I am one short uh, of platinum. I'm on number nine. I'm going to hit nine on the wonder next, well, later this month. And then uh, number 10 in November, man, if it happens, number 10 in November, we, we, we are on pace to hit 16 or I'm on pace to hit 16 by next September. So I, listening to you and knowing you, I know your favorite cruise was the Southern Caribbean, right? The eight night. Right? The 11 night, 11, 11 night, night yeah. excuse me, 11 night, yeah. which I'm completely <laughs> and utterly jealous of. I will tell you, I'm going to go out on the limb right now. In spite of all the protocols and so on, you get on that Thanksgiving cruise, it's going to be your favorite cruise. I am so looking forward. Well, the, the, that would have been our first double dip, which I was really looking forward to. Now now I've done two double dip cruises and I'm like, it's amazing. It's it's so great. But I am excited to see the ship at Christmas time. I am excited to have Thanksgiving on board the ship. You know, I just, I, it's, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be fantastic. A lot of your experiences in life, it's really hard to replicate the first one. To say that the eighth one we went on, or the eighth one I've been on and maybe the sixth or seventh that my wife has and my kids was the best is, is awesome. Like, you know, you, you, you kind of, when you start to get familiar with something, it's really hard to replicate a sort of uh, a high, if you will, of, Oh, I remember the first, and it just is awesome that you could have your 
your your seventh or eighth cruise or whatever it was, absolutely our favorite. It was completely unforgettable. I think part of that is as my children are getting older, it also really changes the experience going from dropping off at a nursery to a kids club. But that cruise, merry time, being on for a holiday, so, so, so good. The the only thing I worry about is my so my experience with the Halloween on the high seas and is your is yours Halloween on the high seas? Yeah, it's it's, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My experience with Halloween on the high seas this time around was there's some decorations and there's a tree, but there ain't much else, and so it is a muted holiday experience at the moment on the cruise ships. I don't blame Disney for that. I get it. Lots of reasons why protocols wise, you know, people in the cruise group for our November cruise are complaining a little bit because you can't get the blankets and stuff like that, which is a supply chain problem, right? There's just all kinds of issues right now. So I don't think I'll just say this. I don't think it'll be our last very merry time experience because I want to see the full blown thing at some point. So, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the lighting of the tree in the lobby was sort of an awesome moment and sing, you literally have people singing with you and, you know, they're lighting up the tree. So I will grieve for you to not, not be able to experience that. I really am. I mean, even if you're, if you don't celebrate Christmas or you, you know, or whatever, it's just a really cool experience to be with other folks when they're doing something like that. It's a lot of fun. The pumpkin tree storytelling and lighting on the Halloween on the high seas cruise is pretty cool to be at. So like to not have that aspect of it right now, if it's your first time doing Halloween on the high seas on a Disney cruise, you're missing a little something. The trick or treating was fun to watch all the kids dressed up and going around and getting candy. So yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be wonderful when those experiences come back. Disney up levels Christmas over Halloween. I will say you may like their nighttime shows and the theme. A lot of people prefer uh, not Boo Bash. What was it? Uh, Yeah, the uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween. Mickey's Not So Scary. A lot of people prefer Mickey's Not So Scary over uh, uh, Mickey's whatever the heck it's Uh, uh, Oogie Oogie Boogie (laughs) Bash. I think it is now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And then, but a lot of people even prefer Not So Scary to their Christmas show. But on board DCL, I've done Halloween on the High Seas and I've done Very Merry Time. Very Merry Time is next level over Halloween on the High Seas. It definitely, like to me, when you see the lobby dressed up with the Christmas tree and you have, you know, Mrs. Claus with the storytelling and so on, it, it definitely does. So, I, so to circle to back to, you know, the theme of, of what we're talking about, I could also understand where people are like, it's not even necessarily a risk thing, but risk thing, but we're experiencing a muted theme. Yeah, it's a compromised experience right now. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And and they're banking on like you just being happy to be on board. And hello, that's gonna be me. I don't you know, I <laughs> I mean, honestly, just give me a run on deck four and let me sip some wine on my balcony. I'm cool. But you know, I I, I am I am very uh conscious of the fact that it's our friend's first time on. Well, that's what I, I want to ask you. Like, so as you, I mean, as we're talking about compromise experience, you're you're taking some first time cruisers on board, and so how are you navigating with that with them? How are you setting their expectations for their first Disney cruise in light of the fact that it's it's different than the experience you've had in the past? I am telling them to get as familiar as possible with the layout of the ship. Cut all the corners that you possibly can. We're going to get on as early as possible. I am also telling them do nothing. Don't book. You don't have to book anything. Just literally enjoy the rotational dining. Enjoy what the ship offers you. Enjoy your room. If you don't want to participate in a million things, especially on a three night, just get an understanding of what it's like to have you know that interaction and dynamic with the folks that work aboard that ship because that is the best part. That's it. That's I'm not. I will debate any of the listeners on this show that that is absolutely why people go back. It's been said a million times because you will be treated in a way that you will not be treated in, in a lot of other experiences as a hotel guest or wherever you go on vacation. 
Just don't worry about FOMO. Don't worry about what's on your paper navigator. I say that tongue in cheek because it's not <laughs> there anymore. Uh, no, they won't know. So I, I am just going to say, understand your way around the ship a little bit. Have a little bit of an idea of what you want out of this, which is mostly just relaxation. I link their reservation to my, mine on the app and I have already booked the kids at the kids club all together so they can go all at once. And I already said mom and dad. Uh, Saturday morning, the kids are going to go to the kids club in the middle of the morning. We're going to the adult deck to have some mimosas and then we'll go pick them up and we'll go get some lunch. Like we're just going to just start it off that way. And that's it. So I advise anybody that goes on a short cruise, do not muddle it with lots and lots of plants. Just take it easy. Just take it all in, buy your placeholder for your future cruise discount because you're going to go again. It's a guarantee. And now you don't even have to. You don't even have to waste time. Now you can just do it in the as soon as you're on board and attached to Wi-Fi. You can click the buy the placeholder and yeah, and you just that's immediately what you should do after the first night because you're just you know <laughs> <laughs> no that, and and that's our way of approaching it. like and I've I've tempered their expectations like this is wedding your whistle this is just wedding your whistle this is just three nights this is just giving you a little bit of a window especially with what we're in right now of what is to come. And then when the time comes, you get out there for five, six, seven nights and beyond. But yeah, after a three night, don't do another three night. Go out there for longer. So that's how we're approaching. They're, they're super pumped. And you you pretty quickly get an idea. I mean, my first cruise was a four night on the Wonder. And I was a jaded 19-year-old that was there with his girlfriend at the time from college. And it was like, I can't believe I'm going on this little kitty cruise. It was the <laughs> best vacation literally ever. And I was being a hater. It was so much fun. So um and and the threat of experience over 20 years really hasn't changed much, to be honest with you. I, I am going to be interested to see because Sam is very much the go, 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 go cruiser. And so this cruiser taking on the wonder is a three night. She loathes the three night cruise because it's so short. I don't mind it because to your point, I just, I kind of don't plan a whole lot. I just kind of plan to like hang out and relax. And so I'm going to be interested to see what Sam does this time around. If she tries to just relax or if she tries to get everything done that she can possibly get done. So, yeah. It, it, we just met up with some friends of ours that came in from Connecticut and they were the go, go, go uh, at the theme parks. And it was kind of fun to be around, but it wasn't my agenda. So I just sort of enjoyed vacation mode for people. And they were the kind of people that that's what they wanted. And they did, they did not complain once. And I was like, I love you guys. Like if you're here, mom and dad being warriors, getting after it and trying to go on every ride and you don't have one negative thing going on. And you can, you know, your legs are still good the next day. <laughs> You're not completely <laughs> shot. I am super hyped for you. And it was fun to be like on their coattails to do that. And I, and I get it when families want to do that. And, you know, it it's so nice to just be this close uh, to everything and just never feel like this is going to be our only time on here. You know, I get it. it our, our kids, my son, he just wants to go to the kids club. He wants to play goofy golf. He wants to go to the pool and he wants to go to Castaway. I know what he wants to do. He, he's been privileged and spoiled enough to already sort of have a routine. Like he gets it, <laughs> you know, so. Should we, all, we should all be so spoiled as to have a routine aboard Disney Cruise Line. But yeah, right? uh, no, but I hear I hear you. There's I, I know that like when I go on the Wonder, I just, you know, we're going to do our Palo Brunch because that's we, we love. Anytime we get a Palo Brunch, we do a Palo Brunch. I just want to, you know, ride the water slide a couple of times. And otherwise, I'm cool hanging out by the pool and watching Funnel Vision. Like I'm, I'm good with it. I've seen the shows. I'll, I'll go see the shows again, but I've seen the shows. I've done the rotational dining. I've tried all the dishes. Like I know what yeah. I want. And then we just make that vacation that I want to have. So, you know, when we, we've done the longer cruises, I've been in the movie theater. I've seen the premieres. I saw Black Panther when I was aboard. And I like going to the movie theater. I can go to the movies here. 
That's how I look at it. I can go to the movies when I'm home. I can do all these things. I was like, just just enjoy being around each other, having family time, being on the ship. And and we haven't... In fact, I, I had a spa treatment booked for my wife like the first uh, morning. And then she was like, you know what? Just cancel it. Let's have zero plans. Let's just try to slow the clock down a little bit and just enjoy each other's time and just uh, have fun uh, being aboard again. And that's literally our approach here. I do advise if you're on a shorter cruise, you do the exact same thing because I think the magical thing that you could do is just interact with the cast that's on and have a couple moments with characters and you know enjoy the uh, the dining and, and just being very privileged and spoiled as a guest of Disney Cruise Line. Certainly you pay for it, but I, I do... I, you know, I do exercise a lot of gratitude and privilege that we're able to do this and be so close. And uh, I understand the families are making their decisions based on uh, their own personal comfortability, their risk, but also coming from afar. I uh, that's a whole another factor. You know that 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 goes. And maybe that, like you said, maybe they're waiting for like a longer cruise to get on coming from afar. And then I I would highly advise if you are coming from afar, especially if it's your first time to go on a longer cruise. So yeah, yeah, not an OG like you, Brian. Uh, not a vet, not a vet of Disney Cruise Line. You can just uh, pop in and out. I'm just racking up the Castaway Club status, but I love it. Well, Steve, I am excited to follow along. I am excited to see how it goes for some first time Disney cruisers. We've had some some first timers on our show here of late who've gotten to experience it because with the shorter cruises, the lower prices, there's lots of folks out there trying for the first time, and we've had some folks who love it. Have some folks who've you know kind of been okay with it. Actually going to be talking to a guy this evening who's took his first Disney cruise right after they got off of a Royal Caribbean ship, I believe it was. And so I'm looking to hear like you, we do the comparison between Perfect Day, Coco Cay, and Castaway Key. Well, these two did it literally in the same week. So I don't think it can get any fresher than that. So <laughs> so anyway, I am excited to follow along. I, I can't wait to hear how your friends enjoyed it and uh, how, what you thought of the experience. So Steve, I just want to thank you for coming on, sharing the sharing your thoughts around planning right now and uh, planning for first timers on a cruise. My pleasure. I love you guys. Thanks for having me on. I always appreciate your insights and uh, you're a gentleman and a scholar for uh, sharing those with us. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It was so great to catch up with Steve tonight. He and I text back and forth all the time about his cruising and Disney adventures and just trading news and information. Anyway, it's great to be able to catch up with him. It's actually someone we met through the show. And so one of the things we love about having this podcast is meeting Cruise Line fans, making new friends, meeting new people in the community. And so reach out to us. We've made so many friends through this show. We love to make more. And so great to catch up with Steve. Really interested to hear how it goes for him and his family on their first cruise back on Disney Cruise Line. And and they get to take along some first-time cruisers. So with that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening to our bonus episode this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star written reviews. We love reading them in the air each week on our main episode, and we love getting the feedback and interaction with our listeners. So head over there, leave us those reviews. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to Facebook and join the DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. You can also browse over to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for even more great content. And if you'd like to help support the show, browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our support tiers. They all come with some fantastic benefits and we love each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping us defray the cost of this show each and every month. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. 
Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.